Welcome to Purple Podcast, the fitness and lifestyle podcast of Purple Yoga and Purple Pedal. My name is Bobby V, your host. And with me today is Diedrich Taylor, a member of our Purple community at Purple Pedal and also the head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton, whom, after college, didn't always know what he wanted to do with his life until he just got up and decided to start moving moving in a direction. I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was laying around on my dad's couch and he said, listen, I don't know how long you plan on doing this, but it ain't going to last long. Get your ass up and go find a job. Go do something productive with your life. And so Diedrich kept moving and utilized his relationships he had developed over the years and took advantage of his opportunities and turned those opportunities into success. I just was really consumed with chasing success. And I found myself moving because I felt like success was behind the next door. And fortunately for me, it worked out. And yeah. I've been coaching. I realized this the other day. I've been coaching for 17 years. Through the years, Diedrich developed a system to his success and learned that his system was actually his gift. Gift for people. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to literally give without asking back. Um, because nowadays, society teaches us that you've got to almost hoard everything for yourself. Where I kind of, I, I want to share and today, Diedrich is a leader and mentor of young men as a head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton. And his concerns for his players doesn't stop on the basketball court. By trying to allow them to see what their gifts are, help them realize what, they, what their strong suits are. The guys that I feel like I work best with, they have an elevated level of character. That doesn't mean they always make the right decision because they don't. But just being able to impart on them that there's right from wrong, they know it, and whichever one you choose, you're responsible for it. And today, he helps kids not only at Cal State Fullerton, but also North Orange County seize their opportunity they have by being around so much. You get to tell them that, hey, we're 25 minutes from Newport Beach. Yeah. We're 12 minutes from Disneyland. Disneyland. We're 35 minutes from downtown LA in the Staples Center. We're, yeah. you know, 45 minutes from Santa Monica. Or, you know, because of where we're located, once again, in terms of the overall college experience, everything you're doing in college is to prepare for after you're done. Well, when this particular area is particularly in North Orange County, which is one of the most affluent areas in the world, you get to build relationships and develop relationships with those people that live in that area or work in that area. And who knows what those relationships can become. On this episode of the Purple Podcast. So right now we are in the month of November and we are stuck in the 90s. So that means if you signed up for an unlimited auto pay during the month of November, then you only pay $90 your first month as opposed to $125. Or if you sign up for Unlimited Plus, which is unlimited yoga and spin, then you pay only $99 your first month as opposed to 185. And so with the end of the year coming right up, we have a lot of stuff going on from the end of the year right till the next year. So first off, we have our new teacher training program coming up. And that goes on from January 11th till May 26th. That's gonna be headed up by Alex, Siri, Kim, and Angie Sue. Now if you guys have any questions, Alex is gonna be having a teacher training info session on November 30th at 8 p.m. in Purple Yoga Fullerton. He can help answer any questions you guys might have about cost, duration, time commitment, what you'll be learning and whatnot. All right, so next is my boy Bobby Wilson's series of classes called The Art of Teaching, Creating Your Own Class Experience. So this is a series of three classes, and it's going to be tiers, uh, geared towards those interested in differentiating themselves as a yoga teacher. For example... Anyone can teach a sun salutation, but how do you teach it in a way that differs from the crowd? 
how do you create a class that not only inspires you, but also those around you in the process? So yeah, as you can expect, this is a continuing education course, and it's certified by the Yoga Alliance. So what better person to teach you this than the unique Bobby Wilson? Check it out January 6th, 13th, and 20th. For more information, go to our website. All right, and then January 20th in Fullerton is Purple Petal Teacher Training with Jen Harvey, Anissa Diaz, Kelsey Entrican, and yours truly. Now, do you want to ride with Purple Petal Instructors? Do you want to earn your SPIN certification? Well, come come and ride along with us. We'll teach you how to design a class, how to count music, safety precautions, cues, coaching by color, and biking to the beat. Now, we're holding auditions the next day, January 21st, for Purple Petal Instructors. So, if you're, you are interested, check out our website. It has a lot more information on that uh, on that event. And good news and bad news, we sold out of our Bali retreat with Alex Roberts. But the good news is we added a second week. Now, that week is going to be March 3rd through the 10th. This should be a lot of fun. Alex was on the podcast a few episodes back, and he was talking about his excitement for the resort that you guys are all going to be staying at, at Soulshine. So for more information about the week that's been added from March 3rd through the 10th, check out our website, www.purpleyoga.org slash Bali2018. And lastly, I want to remind all you guys that if you're a student, we offer a 15% discount on your membership. And in fact, if you are a Cal State Long Beach or Cal State Fullerton student and you're part of the Greek system, meaning Pi Kappa Alpha, Alpha Chi Omega, Gamma Phi Beta, Delta Chi, Sigma Phi Tau, Sigma Kappa, Tri Delta, all that. We have a special membership offer for you. Just come in and ask about a Greek promo. And that's a one-month unlimited yoga and spin membership for just $29. So check that out. Unlimited uh, yoga and spin, $29 if you're a member of the Greek system at Cal State Fullerton or Cal State Long Beach. So we are here today with Diedrich Taylor, uh, one of our members of our Purple community. He's a regular at Purple Purple Petal, and he's also the head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton. Diedrich, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm great. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So how did you get introduced to uh, Purple Petal and Purple Yoga? Huh. I was... Uh before I moved back to California, I was in Arizona and I picked up Bikram Yoga. And this obviously used to be uh, Purple Yoga. And the Bikram Yoga was here and it was close to campus. So that's how I first started coming to this location. And then once they turned Purple Yoga in the Purple Petal, right. I came, took one class, loved it. And I think I've done yoga twice <laughs> since Purple Petal's been in existence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is it about Purple Petal? The, the bikes, the music? I just think the vibe, the energy yeah. in the building is, is, is just, it's warm, it's welcoming. Um, the music is always the most important part of the class to me yeah. because it takes my mind off of what, what we're actually doing. Yeah. Um, and so the music's good. The bikes are awesome. Um, I, I just think it just has an overall warm, welcoming, kind of an unassuming, unassuming type of vibe that, that, uh, that, you, that I've gravitated towards. Well, you mentioned the, the key word, unassuming. Uh, I like to tell a story about actually our first encounter when we met. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first met Diedrich, he took one of my classes at Purple Pedal. was in the back pedaling, you know, very unassuming man. <laughs> and we were in the locker room later on. And I looked at him. And I said, in, in my head, I'm like, I think I know this guy from somewhere. And I, I, looked at, I looked at you and I said, 
hey, do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, I don't know, man, do you? <laughs> I said, I don't know. Did you used to play ball? <laughs> he said, yeah, I played ball. I said, oh, cool. Uh, I was probably awkward, which I usually am. And I, <laughs> I, didn't, know, I didn't know where to go from there. And I was sure. like, so are you a student at, the, at Cal State Fullerton? And you said, yeah, yeah, I, I go to Fullerton. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, all right, okay, cool, whatever. And then our Purple, Purple Yoga and Purple Pedal social media accounts, we follow a lot of Cal State Fullerton sports. Cal State Fullerton cheer, basketball, baseball. And one day I saw a picture of you on, I think it's Cal State Fullerton Hoops or something on Instagram. Sure. And there was a picture of you holding up like three or four fingers and then the caption was like, how many hours till the end of finals or yeah. how many days till the end of finals yeah. or something. Yeah. And I realized, oh my goodness, this guy's the head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> yep. So and then I obviously Googled you and I saw, oh my goodness, this guy was the assistant head coach at Arizona State University. When James Harden was balling it up over there, by the way, sure. he's from the Southern California area by way of Artesia High School. Yep. And I freaked out because I said, this dude, I see him on the bench on TV all the time. <laughs> and, and, and I said to him, do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> A long story short, it's great to have you, man. I appreciate it. I was really looking forward to, uh, to this opportunity when you asked and um, it's just good to be able to connect with people and, and just sit and rap, really, and, and, and not even have an agenda and just, just yeah. kind of sit and talk and connect with people. I'm, I'm very much into that. Yeah. So you're the head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton. Um, where did you grow up? Grew up in Pomona, which is probably about 30 minutes, 32, 35 minutes from, from where we're sitting. Um, but with I, no traffic. Got to yeah. say that. With no traffic. With no traffic, about 35 minutes. And uh, ironically, my sister and quite a few of my friends graduated from Cal State Fullerton. So I'm obviously very, very familiar with, with Cal State Fullerton and what it offers and, and just the location being so close. And born and raised in Pomona, went to elementary school, junior high school, and even high school at Pomona High School. So uh, I literally am from the area. 909, baby. 909, 909. representing. That's right. That's right. I don't care what Orange County says about the IED. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be us anyway. <laughs> well, a lot of people want to be like you, uh, even if they probably don't know you, if they heard your story. <laughs> so you, you, you played ball at uh, UC Davis. Yep. What was that like for you growing up in Pomona, about 30 miles east of, uh, east of Los Angeles, yeah. going on the 60 or the 10, depending on where you're coming from, Sure. to Cal Country Davis. <laughs> you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, it's probably one of the best experiences of, of my life, quite frankly. Really? Um, but ironically, I went all the way to Georgia to come back hmm. to, Cal, to, uh, to UC Davis. So out of junior college, I went to junior college up near Fresno. It's called Kings River, or now it's called Reedley College. But I went to college there, um, blew my knee out my second year, ended up going oh. to Georgia after one of my teammates, um, and just I'm not a I'm I'm spoiled rotten Southern California. True, like this is this is me, Southern California. Anything under fifty, I have a problem. If there's any type of humidity, I'm just not my friend. I have an attitude the entire time. So, uh, needless to say, I was probably the biggest jerk ever in Georgia. But um, I knew within six months I needed to get back, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to land at UC Davis. The coaches there had recruited me before I went to Georgia. 
I called and said, hey, would you mind if I came back? They welcomed me with open arms, and, and literally it was probably two and a half of the best years of my life, and wow. a lot of it really shaped um, who I am today, not only as a person, but obviously as a coach, yeah. uh, a mentor, just someone who was able to get on a, a, a relatively large college campus and learn my way around and figure out how to operate and, and how to get along with different people and, and do all the things that college students do. And so a lot of the experience that I had there, I'm able to share with some of the guys that I work with today. Wow, that is awesome. And, you know, another added benefit, UC Davis is a great school, man. It is. It, it is. Yeah, I tell it kids is. all the time, if you can get into a UC school, sure, all the UCs are top public universities yeah and they're i don't care which you see it is i would put it up against ut texas or definitely. like virginia definitely you know and uc davis is a great school no question no question i, I always wonder not only how did i get in but how did i get out oh, with yeah. an actual degree but somehow some way they let me out and and i'll tell you what people um they stand back when you say you see anything yeah. let alone uc davis and yeah. then when i open my mouth they realize oh this guy's not very smart. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about how you got into coaching, man. Sure. Because you got to be somewhat smart to be a coach. And, sure. But not not only that. To me, I believe if you're a coach, then you have to genuinely care about people. You know, what brought you into wanting to be a coach? Well, you know what's crazy is I ran from it for for a long time okay. um, because my dad was a high school coach and a pillar in the community in Pomona and the surrounding areas, and you know, I just, I didn't know it, but it was in my blood to coach. But yeah. probably more importantly, I can go one step further and talk about the leadership piece. Right. It's in my blood to be a leader yeah. and assume a leadership position, not always out in front of the group, but just from a leadership, mentoring, example type of lifestyle. It's just, that's in my blood. And so um, out of college, I graduated and I continued to play for a little bit and, and uh, I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And I was laying around on my dad's couch and he said, listen, I don't know how long you plan on doing this, but it ain't going to last long. Get your ass up and go find a job. Go do something productive with your life. And so I kind of piddled around. I was working as a substitute teacher for a little bit and then I got on working as an agent. Dude, what years was this? Whoa. So this had to be around two, probably 99, 2000. Okay. Somewhere right around in there because I went back to UC Davis as a volunteer assistant in 2000. Okay. So in between graduating, I fumbled around for about two and a half years and, and I worked as an agent for about a year and represented a couple guys that ended up playing overseas and uh, just got with the company and I really liked them. They were a big company. But at the end of the day, I realized that I only had my name and my word. Mm. And working with this particular company, those things, be, they started to become a little bit gray. Wow. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the best part about it is some of the relationships that I was able to build while I was working as an agent, I still use them today. I still have those relationships and those friendships today um, in the NBA and across the world, quite frankly. And so um, I was at an event and a bunch of my buddies are coaching and they're like, what are you doing? You, you, you just coach. Like, that's what you want to do yeah. and so on and so forth. So I ended up going back and volunteering at UC Davis. And literally this folding chair that we're sitting in yeah. was my desk. Wow. At UC Davis in the basketball office. And so I this would, is like your late 20s right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is probably 20, probably 25, 26. Right. Went back and, and um, the head coach was the assistant coach when I played there. And so he welcomed me back with open arms. And he really, uh, his name is Brian Fogle. He really allowed me to be a coach hmm. even though I was volunteering um, I got to do scouts I got to recruit I got to get my hands wet in every aspect of the program 
Um, but the good thing about Davis is it was such a, a well-oiled machine at the time to where if you got in and screwed it up, you were really bad. Mm. All you had to do was just follow the motto. And so I was able to learn a tremendous amount. And I left there and came down here and landed a job at LMU for a year. Wow. Left LMU, went to Portland State uh, with my best friend, my college roommate. We vowed. Portland State Pilots? Portland State Vikings. Vikings. University okay. of Portland is the, uh, they're the pilots. Oh, okay. In fact, we play them this year up in Portland. So. Let's go whoop their, whoop their ass. I hope here. so. Yeah. I hope so. But uh, so a friend of mine, my best friend actually got the head coaching job at Portland State. And we vowed that whoever got a job, one would hire the other. And he wow. held true to his word. And so I went to him, worked for him for two years and left there. And I went to University of Nevada for two years and then I left there and I went to Arizona State and I was wow. there for seven. Wow. And so that's kind of the, the coaching cycle, if you will. And obviously there's a lot I left out, but yes. just in terms of the coaching cycle and the coaching lifeline, I just was really consumed with chasing success. Yeah. And I found myself moving because I felt like success was behind the next door. Yeah. And fortunately for me, it worked out. And yeah. I've been coaching. I realized this the other day. I've been coaching for 17 years. That's crazy, bro. And, I mean, it feels like just the other day I was wondering, like, how do guys get in this business? And, dang, he's been in for 23 years. Dang, he's been in for 20 years. Now I'm in for 17, and, and I know how it happens. Time just rolls. Well, dude, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple of different compliments right now. I mean, you, you say you've been coaching for 17 years. You have a stressful job. I'm going to say it's pretty stressful. Yeah. You, you – got to manage a lot of different egos um and administration you're dealing with people of many different age ranges right not only that you have to prospect for new people sure right you got to recruit and that takes up a lot of time how do you find balance in your life to make yourself sane (laughs) yeah i don't know man i tell you i'm still trying to figure that out if 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 i am sane because half the times in my conversations with myself I feel like I'm insane. I feel like I'm insane, rather. Um, In the membrane or what? Literally. Literally. (laughs) Um, But it's just, honestly, it's just one of those things that I think you become accustomed to. You try to develop your own, or at least for me, I try to develop a routine. Um, I'm huge in the routine. Like, I love routine. And when I get out of my routine, I'm not happy. So I find things that 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 I know I have to do, and I work them into the routine and I just try as I'm getting older I'm learning to uh, treat myself the right way hmm. and take care of myself and talk to myself um, well, the can right you elab- way. elaborate on that then? sure yeah. you know I, I work for a guy by the name of Herb Sendek at Arizona State okay. and he's probably one of the smartest men that I've been around he graduated at the top of his class from Carnegie Mellon and if you're wow. familiar with that yes. school good school I mean that's like higher than Stanford yeah um and and so this guy is like one of the brightest guys that I know and so some of the things that we would talk about when we were traveling together the conversations that we would have and he'd like to call them debates but we would talk about you know his time and how he spent his time and how he got geared up to deal with certain things and the thing he said was he would take time to mentally unplug and just kind of deal with himself yeah. and keep his battery charged. And so I've tried to take a page out of his book and, and do some of those things and, and really, really uh, invest my time being productive. And yeah. this is going to sound funny, but sleep, I love sleep. You like sleep? I consider that being productive. I don't get a lot of it, yeah. but when I do, I do. 
Uh, I can sleep with the best of them, especially on planes. I've learned that. So, um, but I try to read a tremendous amount. Yeah. Um, what are you reading? What are, what are three I'm books? I'm always that you're reading? reading. So right now, I just finished reading a book literally a couple of days ago called The Go Giver. The Go Giver. Okay. And basically, the premise of that book is literally about giving of yourself and 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 kind of receiving gifts back. Okay. And not giving of yourself, looking for those gifts back. But giving of yourself because that's what we're required to do. That's what right. we're responsible for is, is to be a giver. You have a gift. Give it. Give it away. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the books that I just finished reading. And, of course, since you asked me, I can't think of the other one. Oh, there's no another one. Yeah. Lead for God's sake. Okay. A friend of mine who I grew up under, he's probably four or five years older than me, sent me this book probably towards the middle of my season. Yeah. And the book is about a basketball coach. Wow who is struck he had a he's had a tremendous amount of success and he's at this particular school and he's struggling hmm. he's really really struggling so he makes friends with the janitor of all people he makes friends with the janitor and the janitor's imparting some different knowledge into him and basically it's about leadership and it's about leading from your heart wow and so those are the types of things that i try to read and, and spend a tremendous amount of time doing because i feel like that's what i'm doing on a day-to-day basis so you mentioned giving your gift. Sure. What do you believe give your gift is? I just think being genuine and, and showing people that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's okay to literally give without asking back. Yeah. Um, because nowadays society teaches us that you've got to almost hoard everything for yourself. Where I kind of, I, I want to share. I want to share. And that doesn't just come from me. That's something that was ingrained in me. As a young child, I've seen my dad and my mom do it countless times. Yeah. Um, my dad's actually a minister and my mom's a musician. And so giving of their time and the sacrifices that they make for, for other people, for, their, for our family and so on and so forth, is just something that's always been inside of me. And so I'm starting to realize that. And so that's just kind of some of those are some of the things that that, you know, that are important to me. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've become important to me. And as they become more important, they're, they're starting to be illuminated by the different experiences that I go through Mm -hmm. and they're not all good. Yeah. They're not all good. Trust me. There've been days where I want to pull what little bit of hair that I have (laughs) literally out because I can't find the answer. And so I always try to revert back to what's important. Right. Being a good person. Yeah. Trying to do what's right. Yeah. Trying to treat people the right way. Um, I heard this saying some time ago, and I try to try to always mimic it. Just because you're in a bad mood doesn't give you the right to be foul to someone else. Oh, man, it takes a strong person not to. It be, does. Right? It does. Because trust me, right before we got here, I'll tell you what, I wanted to light into some people. Driving? Uh, no, oh. on campus. Oh, okay. Dealing with some stuff on campus. And as you mentioned, the, you know, the administration and all the different people that you have to go through right. who have a job to do. Um, sometimes we get in our, in our own way. Yeah. And I felt like this situation, we were getting in our own way and I wasn't happy about it. And so I needed to, I was thankful that I was coming here so I could talk myself down okay, okay. and get ready to, uh, but that's life. Yeah. That's literally life, the ups and downs of life. And again, just because I'm in a pissy mood doesn't allow me to, or give me permission to be disrespectful to anybody else. Well, I'm glad you're, you're living by that virtue because I was the next person you saw. <laughs> so I would have been gotten the... And you're sure. a much bigger man than me, <laughs> sure. all right? Just because yeah. I'm Asian doesn't mean I know Bruce Lee <laughs> shit, you know? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. No, so, okay, let's go. 
so I'm getting an idea what your parents are like then. What, what would you think, non-sports related, that they would be most proud of you about? Um, I think they would be most proud of, of who I am yeah. and, and who I've become and, and, you know, a credit to them that their hard work of nurturing and, and tough love um, has paid off. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, I'm a productive citizen. Um, I, I don't necessarily lean on them for much. In fact, I'm in a position to be able to, in some ways, take care of them now. That's awesome, dude. And so I think they're most proud of that. I think they're proud of, of the parent that I've become. I have two little girls, and I, I, they're, you know, they're grandparents, so they spoil the hell out of my girls. But um, I think they're proud of the relationship that I have with them because in a lot of ways it mimics my relationship with my parents. Right. And so uh, it was such a positive influence. And this is crazy, and this is going to sound outlandish to say, but, it's, again, it's something that I, I remember vividly. I've never seen my parents get into an escalated argument mm. in front of me. Now, yeah. I know they did. Yeah. I know they got after it. Yeah. But I never saw it physically with my own eyes. Like, I just never saw it. So I try to stay away from that stuff with, with relationships that I'm in. I'm not a fighter that way. And that's just, wow. again, something that I, I try to mimic because that's what I saw. Then they, they must have been they must be a great team then. They are. They are. They're a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, I was with my dad last night and trying to have a conversation with him, but he is like a Facebook king. What? He'll ask you a question and he'll go away. Just be sitting in the same. He'll just mentally go away and he's diving into Facebook and commenting on people's. And I'm like, dude, I just you just asked me a question and I answered you. Oh, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Never mind, man. Forget it. But that's my dad. So is he commenting on like news articles as pop everything? Out? Everything. If you post a picture and he knows you, he'll comment on it. He'll like it. He'll comment. He'll say stuff. He'll talk to you. Um, that's just his, he's retired. So that's just his way of staying engaged and kind of, you know, keeping himself relevant, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's gear, let's gear back to your coaching. Then. Sure. Um, all of what you just said right now within the past couple minutes, how do you apply that gift to your student athletes at Fullerton? You know, I think <clears throat> um, by trying to allow them to see what their gifts are, mm -hmm. help them realize what they, what their strong suits are through basketball. And when I say their gifts, I'm more speaking off the court stuff. Right. Like the guys that I'm attracted to and the guys that I'm infatuated with, they have high character. Um, the guys that I feel like I work best with, they have a, a elevated level of character. That doesn't mean they always make the right decision because they don't. Um, but just being able to impart on them that there's right from wrong, they know it, and whichever one you choose, you're responsible for it. Yeah. And so we try to spend an inordinate amount of time talking about those things and demonstrating those things both on and off the floor. Um, and, and I just, what you see is what you get from me. Yeah. I don't try to act any other way than me. Yeah. I'm going to talk trash because yep. that's what I do. Yep. I'm a Laker fan. That's I'm right. A Dallas Cowboy fan. I mean, that's a little weird. How'd that, that is. How'd that happen? Uh, when I was a little kid, the first team, Pop Warner team that I played for was the Cowboys. Okay. And literally, I wore number 11. I was a quarterback. I wore number 11 because of Danny White. Okay. So that was my first exposure to the Cowboys. Okay. Then, when I was older, I was going to John Wooden's basketball camp, which is in Thousand Oaks. You guys are about to play in the John Wooden Classic. Yes. Or it's are. no longer called that, but what it is, is it? It's called the Wooden Legacy. Wooden, wooden the Legacy. Wooden Legacy, sponsored by ESPN. Yeah. So I get to tell this story every year at the, the banquet. Um, when I was growing up, I got to go to John Wooden's camp. 
well, John Wooden's camp is in Thousand Oaks. Well, the Cowboys have training camp oh, in Thousand Oaks. Yeah. So we shared the same cafeteria. So literally, I'd be sitting across the table from like Tony Dorsett. That's crazy. Ed Tutal Jones, Danny White, um, you know, some of their high profile, yes. prolific players. And they just be treating us like. And so from that point forward, psh, I was done. So what team do you hate more, the 49ers or the Giants or the Eagles? I don't even acknowledge those teams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even acknowledge the fact that they exist. Like, it's, I'm straight Cowboys, and, and the only time I acknowledge them is if we're, we're playing them. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily hate any of them. I'm a big, huge fan of football. True. So I watch. Yeah. Just because the Cowboys aren't playing doesn't mean that I'm not watching football. So I, I try to watch just because I'm infatuated with the game. I'm infatuated with, you know, the coaching, the schematic aspect of yeah. it and how – they have all these different guys on different pages and they break the huddle and all guys are different, responsible for different things and they have audibles and all this crazy stuff and then within 30 seconds, it the all same. comes together and, yeah. and if you execute, you get what you need. If you don't, you get your ass busted. So, What do you learn from or do you learn anything from NFL coaches or just other coaches from other sports in general tremendous tremendous amount i think you know outside of the schematic piece of football again i'm enamored with the fact that the head coach in football just manages yeah he manages he manages the, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator and and literally he has to trust that he has imparted what he wants to those guys and they're going to follow suit because if you watch them in practice i mean those guys are coaching and they're calling plays, and the head coach is – he's involved, but he's not. He's yeah. not calling the actual plays. And so I'm always infatuated by, again, the leadership piece yeah. of that and how he imparts that information and how they operate together yeah. um, without actually, you know, having conversation every single play, yeah. you know. And so I'm always anxious to see how they do. And I keep telling myself every summer I'm going to go to a – training camp and kind of get behind the lines like the Rams are right down the road I'm hoping I can get down there and just kind of see how they do that like yeah. how they put the game plan together and then how they go through like a week to get ready so Monday Tuesday Wednesday get ready for Sunday's game and how they put the game plan in and how they impart it to the coaches and then to the to the to the rest of the support staff and then to the players and then how they go about executing and then how they grade what they did, yeah, I'm just that's I'm infatuated with that. Well, keyword is routine, right? Yeah, and so you no doubt. you obviously impart that to your your student athletes. Sure. Um, one big takeaway for me is, you know, these. Are you familiar with the, what Josh Rosen recently said, the yeah. quarterback at UCLA? Yeah. yeah. So if if people aren't familiar with who Josh Rosen is, he is currently the the quarterback at UCLA, and he was a very highly talented. Um, recruit probably number one in the nation in yeah. quarterbacking and he he said something about um the nca and being a student athlete and how something it's like not worth it being a student athlete yeah correct and i kind of listened to that comment and yeah i i i, I kind of get it depending on what whether or not you want a degree but maybe more so from his standpoint he's probably saying that his work-life balance just isn't there yeah correct how do you how do you preach or what do you say to these kids that are currently student athletes right now who have a lot of distractions that they have to face today? Probably more so, way more so than when you were a student athlete. Yeah. And the big elephant in the room is called social media, right? How are you 
trying to establish a routine for these kids and imparting these life lessons onto them that you el- you learn yourself through as a student athlete yeah. and in 17 years of coaching. Um, <clears throat> you know, again, I go back to the routine piece. So our guys, they don't know this. And I, I would tell them, I orchestrate, we orchestrate their entire day. Wow. And they don't even, they may know it, but they just kind of fall in line. And when I say we orchestrate their entire day, meaning I know pretty much from about 7.45 a.m. where each one of my guys is up until about probably I'd say 5, 6 o'clock every day. Wow. I know, I know where they should be. Yes. Um, and and what, within that time frame, what we try to do is give them a routine because they all come in and they say they want to be pros. Well, the yeah. one thing about pros is their routine, is they, they do not veer from it. It is, it is restricted to exactly where they're trying to go. And so for our guys, if they're up at 745, first thing they need to do is get breakfast, water. Like that's a part of what we require them to do. Go get breakfast. If they have class, go to class. If they don't have class, then they go to study hall. So the morning part of their day is orchestrated with classes or study hall. Mm-hmm. Then they lift weights probably anywhere between 12 and 1. We give them time to go eat. 12 to 1 um, lift, and then we're on the floor for a couple of hours. Either we'll start with film and get on the floor, or sometimes we just get on the floor. And then after that, they have pretty much the rest of the day, rest of the afternoon to themselves. They, mm-hmm. Some of them have class, or some of them will have study hall. But pretty much once it gets past about 6 or 7 o'clock, they have that time to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know that so that they know, okay, well, shucks, if I, if I, if I work my butt off during this time, I can go – social media i can go 2k from 7 to 12 at night and so they have some personal time and i think it's important as you're teaching these young men in my case as you're teaching them routine i think you also have to teach them self-time yeah to be able to i call it screw off they call it go play 2k instagram (laughs) facebook (laughs) snapchat all the other stuff that these guys are you know they're enamored with and that literally governs their their world yeah um, you have to give them time to do that. And I think if you can teach them that, you can help them understand there's a place and a time for everything, you can help curb them around what you're trying to get them to learn versus, yeah. you know, hey, you can't do that, don't do that. Because, of course, you know, as soon as you tell them don't, that's what they're going to do. There's a demand you. Yeah. So you – have you ever gotten the, the – has someone ever told to you that you give off a Derek Fisher vibe? <laughs> No, I haven't got that one. I, I, got I that hope one. you take that as no, a I do. compliment. I do. I do. If I had Derek Fisher's money and his body, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> that dude, but again, that dude, he works. Yeah. He works. And in spite of what has transpired, you know, negatively recently. Yeah. recently um, Dude's a leader. We're all human. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. all humans, you know, and, and, and we make mistakes. We're not perfect. The last guy to walk the earth that was perfect, we all know who he is and none of us are that. Yeah. And so- you know, you think people mature and grow. Well, we all have our vices. Yeah. And, and um, I've, I've always loved Derek Fisher and who he was as a player because I've seen him and I've heard the stories of him working. Yeah. And if you look at him. Oh, yeah. He works. Physically. I mean, my man looks like, wow, and I'm not into dudes like that, but yeah. he had gummit. 
<laughs> my man looks really good. He's right? around your age, right? Yeah, I yeah. think he might be the same age, maybe a little bit older or younger. But but I mean, my man, he works and he looks he looks great. But he's had some opportunities that he's taken advantage of. Yeah, and and he's made the best of them. And so if I can do that and continue to do that, then hey, I'll take that compliment all day. Okay, okay. Well, I like Derek Fisher. He yeah. is. He good dude. Him, he's a, yeah, he wants some championships. He was good for team. us. Yeah. He was good for us. Absolutely. Now, let's let's veer back to your student athletes then. Sure. Um you've you guys had quite an improvement since your tenure as the Cal State Fullerton head coach. Yeah. Um a couple of years, seasons ago, you guys were in ninth place in the big uh, in the Big West. Yeah. Last year third place. Yeah. What are you looking forward to for the next season coming up? I'm looking forward to this group of guys that we have coming back, continuing to build on the culture that was generated from this last group. Yeah. And in order for this last group to get where they were, we had to go through what we went through to get there. And so I'm appreciative of that. Obviously didn't like it, but I'm appreciative of it. And I learned from it. And I think this group has learned from it to a point to where right now we're not in school. Yeah. But I would say more than three-fourths of our guys are on campus and they're working out with themselves, they're lifting. And so the work ethic and the workload starts to seem to be um, being heard yeah. and they're doing it. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward most to them building our culture, which I believe exists when you have good confidence, when you have unbelievable workers, and when you have guys that are bought into what it takes to be successful, then that's showing up every day and working. Um, I like to liken our program to uh, that of a construction worker. We're a hard helmet and lunch pail carrying program. We don't have all the bells and whistles and all the frills that the big programs have, but the one right. thing we do have is the opportunity to literally bring our hard helmet, lunch pail, and go to flipping work. That's awesome. Every day. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, you're on the right track, obviously. You know, you, you just came back from uh, a recruiting trip. Sure. Or just a trip to Europe. Yeah, recruiting. A recruiting trip. Yeah. What? I don't really hear often of uh, European play, players coming out to play college ball. Yeah. What has that experience been like for you um, going out to, to Europe and doing your, your sales pitch of how do you sell Fullerton? Uh, you know what's, what's amazing is, is the area, the location sells itself. Literally half the kids, I would say, and, and we've had an influence of international kids since we've been here. Um, and it kind of started for me at Arizona State working under Herb Sendek. We've always kind of had an international influence in our program. And so we continued it with, with, uh, with what we're doing here. Um, and all of the kids are attracted to L.A., if they hear L.A., they know the beaches. They know, uh, to give you a perfect example, we have a kid on our team currently from the Czech Republic. Okay. Went to junior college in Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Czech Republic, Laramie, Wyoming. And so we hadn't really been involved with him at all. Went up, saw him, worked out, talked to him a little bit, and I made the com comment about our location being in Los Angeles. And he said, Coach, since, a little, since I've been a young kid, the Lakers have always been my favorite team. Wow. And I stopped him. I said, you, you just want a scholarship, huh? Because you, you know that's my team. You know that's my team. <laughs> <clears throat> but he said the Lakers are his favorite team, and he's always wanted to be in L.A. Wow. And, again, it's no luck or it's just the fortune of living in Los Angeles. So a lot of people in general 
know about are they're attracted to Los Angeles. And when you say that, you get to tell them that, hey, we're 25 minutes from Newport Beach. Yeah. We're 12 minutes from Disneyland. Disneyland. We're 35 minutes from downtown L.A. in the Staples Center. We're, yeah. you know, 45 minutes from Santa Monica or, you know, because of where we're located, once again, in terms of the overall college experience. Yeah. Everything you're doing in college is to prepare for after you're done. Yeah. Well, when this particular area is particularly in North Orange County, which is one of the most affluent areas in the world. Right. You get to build relationships and develop relationships with those people that live in that area or work in that area. And who knows what those relationships can become. Has the success of the baseball team helped at all? With tremendous, tremendous. A tremendous amount. Anywhere I'm traveling in the country and people see Titans or the F, our logos, they automatically um, assume baseball. Yeah. They automatically. And it's great. It's great. Well, they should also know Cedric Sabalos and Bruce they do. Bowen. Are those guys a part of the program? They are. Sabalos okay. is around. Um, Bruce Bowen comes around, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, um, okay. He's more recent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. more recent. Scott Cutley's more recent. Um, we've had an influx of guys who have peeped their head in the door, and they've come around, but Sed is very involved. Good. I mean, <laughs> it's a funny story. So he lives in Arizona. He has a business and a house out here, but he lives in Arizona. He'll just show up and be walking down the hallways on any given weekday talking about Coach with his bag. Coach, what time is practice? Cedric, Cedric Sabalos. And he will have rode his bike, motorcycle, Harley, from Arizona, here, parks it right in front of the gym. Oh, my God. And he practices with our guys. Can he – I mean, I would, I would recognize him like that. But can yeah. he walk around Orange County or, like, L.A. and not get noticed at all? No. People notice who he – they know who he is. Okay. They, they know exactly who he is because of his days with the Lakers. And, yeah. You know, he won the dunk contest. And right. some of the things Blindfolded. Done, blindfolded. The way he won it, too. Yeah. But he's, he's done some, some phenomenal things in the athletic world and even outside of the athletic world to where normal business people recognize him because wow. of his influence and his impact on the community and some of the, some of the programs that he's involved with now. You know, he's, he's making waves – positively in a different area than he was ac athletically good well him the 90s lakers will always be number one to me no doubt um, i i was born in the 80s but sure. i wasn't old enough to truly enjoy yeah. the 88 yeah. 87 years yeah i still hate boston the most no, no doubt. doubt no doubt but the 90s lakers is when i grew up right yep. and i will always you know they, they got they had the whole new jack swing thing going yep. on yeah they, they had some flavor they were coming of age or trying to get away from the Showtime era. Yeah. You know, they were trying to be who they were. Yeah. You know, and they, Cedric will always have a close place in my heart. No question. Him he's and a, Nick. He's a, he's a phenomenal dude. He's cool. a phenomenal dude. Like, he is crazy. He was at my press conference. Wow. Um, and we hadn't really had a deep relationship before I got the job. And so uh, he was just there. He's like, hey, man, I was just in town and saw it and said I was coming. Wow. And ever since then, he's been probably one of our biggest supporters. Well, that's good. Well, then, Cal State Fullerton. And, you know, just the city of Fullerton in general is blessed to have you. Because Thank you. I'm looking at you right now, and I'm thinking, I want you to be the next Laker coach. <laughs> 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 and so if that can happen, yeah. amazing. And, you know, your, your, your head basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton, I would love to invite your team to any classes here at Pedal. Sure. Anytime. I appreciate that. Definitely try our yoga studios out. I'm so glad that you're a part of the Fullerton community. Definitely. I you know, appreciate that. Um, the university is so lucky to have you. Appreciate that. You guys went from ninth place to third place in a year. Yeah. 
You're about to whoop on what Georgia <laughs> in the yeah we got Georgia. Funny story with that is is the head coach at Georgia was my boss. No way. At the University of Nevada. Wow. So as soon as I realized that we both were in the tournament together, I figured they're gonna they're gonna pair us up early. They and did. Sure enough, they did. Where we open up with them. So what is the date for that? The date is the first day is uh, the twentieth Thursday Thanksgiving Day. Actually, so we'll play at Georgia. Uh, we'll play Georgia at our place. Okay. I'm not sure what time, but there'll be really good games all day Thursday, all day Friday, and then all day Sunday. Okay. All three days will be at Cal State Fullerton, and it'd be worth anybody's while if you want to see some good basketball for yeah. up close and personal. That's right. I think it'd be worth uh, worth anybody's while to come and come and take a look see at some of the teams that'll be playing. Well, do you hear that Fullerton? I mean, this is Coach Taylor from Cal State Fullerton here right now, and we we need your support. Right? Definitely, definitely. We're gonna come out and. We're going to take the SEC down. There we go. Right. Looking forward to that. <laughs> hey, Coach, that was a good time, man. Same. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. It. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Hey, thanks for listening into the Purple Podcast. Now, you can find our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search Purple Podcast. Can't find it? Try Purple underscore podcast. And if you like our podcast, do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That way, it can be more easily found. And also, share our podcast on your social media. That way we can connect with more like-minded individuals. You can also find more information about our studios through our website, purpleyoga.org. And don't forget to connect with us on social media. For Facebook, look up both studios, Purple Yoga or Purple Pedal. And on Instagram, try purple underscore yoga and purple underscore pedal.